Welcome to the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. In our sermon series, Obedient, we are looking at why being rooted in Christ brings about the blessing of fruitful living. Today's speaker is Senior Minister Didi Bacon. You to hear the words of an older man writing in a letter to a younger man he calls his son in the faith. I'd like you to take a moment to listen to the words of Paul, who's writing to Timothy, the seasoned minister, writing to the rookie minister, a mentor, writing to his apprentice. Paul was born Saul. Saul was a Jew. He was raised and he grew and excelled in the conservative, Bible-believing, God-fearing school of the Pharisees. He was a committed and devout an extremely gifted man of God. But he was a persecutor of the church. He saw Jesus' followers as aberrant to the law of God, and so he took it upon himself to become the hatchet man for the Jewish religious leadership, pursuing, apprehending, and prosecuting Jews who would become Christians. He even helped facilitate the execution by stoning of one of the church's top young leaders. Saul was a man bent on stamping out of the church of Jesus, but he then had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Jesus met him on the road to Damascus as Saul was traveling there from Jerusalem, and he met Jesus and he was confronted by grace. He came literally face to face with God's agent of love, the means by which those who are far off are brought close to God. Those who are enemies of God are made children of God. He came to be confronted with Jesus, the giver of love and grace. And Saul came to faith in Jesus. He believed And the destroyer of the church of Jesus Christ became a Jesus follower. He was assigned to be Jesus' man, to take the message of God's grace to those who were not Jews. The conservative Jew named Saul, who was sent his life towards taking down the Christian church, became the servant of that church of Christ, ministered to the non-Jews, and his name was changed to Paul. So listen as he opens up in his letter to Timothy. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul was transformed by grace. 
He received a gift he did not deserve, forgiveness of his sins. The enemy of the church was brought in to become the friend of Jesus through faith. And then he was appointed to the service of Jesus. He was called to be an apostle, empowered by the Holy Spirit to establish the church. Paul was a recipient of God's grace, and he became a giver of grace. grace. Just like you and me who have come to faith in Jesus. See, grace means gift. And our friends are going to come again now to provide us an opportunity to share gifts, to put grace into action by giving financially to support the ministry of this church. You can give by cash or check or online. You can put grace into action by giving up a prayer need by the cards that are in your bulletin. You can look in the bulletin and see that you can put grace into action by saying, yes, I will serve, I will participate, I will do my part in the ministries. Grace means gift. Giving of gifts invokes thanksgiving. Giving of gifts brings thanksgiving to God and for God. It's been a summer of thanksgiving to our, for us Let's give thanks. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you've done through uh, the faithfulness of the folks at Mount Carmel, those who said yes, not only yes to be recipients of God's grace, being made right by faith in Christ, but saying yes to doing their part, doing their family chores, to fulfill their assignment, to be faithful in ministry, whether it be uh, serving, teaching, whether it be words of kindness, words of affirmation, whether it be building a house or transporting uh, folks, whether it be uh, offering up prayers and support financially, using the gifts that you give to us. We thank you, Lord. Not only do you, do you give us grace, but you allow us to be grace givers in this Uh, in the world that we live in. We thank you for this time that we can celebrate. You are the source of all that is good. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, as you saw, we were pretty busy in the summer. And uh, in July, we had 94 Mount Carmel Christian church folk and 21 Parkside Christian church folk who traveled to Houston, Texas in order to be givers of God's grace to the people that were there, those who were affected, their houses destroyed or damaged by Hurricane Harvey. And so this morning I have five of those 115 here with me. They've gone through one service already, so they're now veterans of this, and they're all good and ready to go. And uh, I'm just going to have them share a little bit with you share a little bit of God's working and a little bit of uh, reasons to give thanks for God and His work through this church and your brothers and sisters in Christ. So, Aaron, this trip came together in an amazing way, and uh, I know you guys, you and Tim, pride sitting to my right here, started working on this and then pulling other leadership folks and other people in the planning of this. Can you just give us kind of a general overview of how it came together and uh, what our folks went to do there in Houston? Yeah, these these trips really have kind of, I think, become foundational um, to the DNA of Mount Mount Carmel. I think this is a 
uh, a way that God has gifted Mount Carmel. It's, it's quite incredible. And so for us, we're always kind of monitoring um, what's happening uh, in our nation when it comes to natural disasters and trying to find ways that our teams can deploy and ways and uh, different people that we can provide aid to. And so uh, Hurricane Harvey happened really a, a year from um, now. And uh, for Houston and a lot of the surrounding area, it wasn't um, hurricane force winds. It wasn't storm surge. It was just a lot and a lot of rain. Uh, so much rain is 50 something inches in some places and it just flooded everything. And so there's just a lot of devastation. A lot of people, uh, their homes affected, a lot of people um, still not in their homes. And so uh, we marked Houston, you know, marked Texas down as a, as a potential place, but um, that was a, a really far distance. And for us, we, we knew that um, this trip had the potential to be the largest uh, team we've ever taken um, before. And so um, we began uh, the search and other disasters around the nation had occurred. And so we looked into those as well. But really every place that we had uh, sought out, every organization we had asked, basically we're like, we're, we're going to Houston as well. And so it became clear through, through prayer, through conversations, uh, through reaching out to different organizations that really Houston uh, was the place that we needed to go. And uh, that's exactly what happened. So let me just reiterate, this was the largest group we sent because we went not only with uh, our Mount Carmel folks, but also partnered with Parkside Christian as that, that came together beautifully. But also this was the furthest we've gone. It was a 17-hour drive or if you go by Southwest Airlines, a six-hour flight, um, which was interesting, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, and so this was quite an endeavor that was no doubt communicated to us by the Lord, you need to be there. Yeah, and so you're right, longest, longest distance ever traveled by Mount Carmel for a disaster relief trip, uh, largest team ever taken, 90, 94 Mount Carmel, 21 Parkside, 115 people, 76, 77 flying, the rest driving, and so it was, it was quite the trip, quite the adventure. Kaylin, you've been uh, coming to Mount Carmel now for a little while, but this was your first trip with us. Um, you kind of want to share a little bit about that, how that was with you to be part of this. Kind of help folks that are sitting perhaps in, in the chairs there and like, eh, do you want to go, want to go, I hear about it, you know, kind of from that perspective. You took the step, you said, yep, we're going. How did that work out? Um, so we've been here for about 10 years ish. Um, I'm one of those people that, you know, sit in the chairs every day and don't really talk to anyone. So um, when Houston came about, my dad's like, I'm, I'm going. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going with you. You're like, you're not, you're not leaving here without me. So um, we went and um, I was super nervous because um, I didn't know anyone that was going on the trip. And so the first day I was really, really apprehensive, but then as the week went on, um, there were a lot of people my age that were there, um, and it was just like an eye-opening experience. Like, I've seen all these people around and friends with them on Facebook, but I've never had a, a full conversation with them ever. Um, and so coming home, they immediately, like, welcomed me into their friend group and um, hang out with them once a week. I'm in a small group now, um, which I've never been a part of a small group. Um, if you see me out, outside, you'll see me on crutches. I make friends and, and get hurt playing sand volleyball. So, <laughs> so I mean, that was... It's the uh, Mount Carmel way. Was, yeah. We love you till you hurt. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, 
I mean, I feel like that was my initiation That's into right. the group. You um, passed. Good yeah, job. Yeah, I passed. Um, <laughs> so they're all laughing at me now because yeah. they were there when it happened. So, um, but yeah, I I have 20, you know, 20, 30 people that are not my brothers and sisters, and I love them and can't imagine, you know, being here anymore without them. I I'm finally home, so feels good. Cool. So I think the big word that I'm getting from you, Kaylin, was uh, connections. And you not only made connections with Mount Carmel people, church folk, but also you, got, you made some connections with some of the people you were able to serve, right? I mean, how does that work? Um, yeah, Tim's actually going to talk a little bit more about this family. Um, but the Clawson family, you'll see the crosses um, behind us. Um, the Santa Fe school shooting happened around um, Houston, and we actually got to work hand-in-hand hand with the family. Um, whose son was was killed in in the school shooting, and so um, the first couple of days it was just a big group of men that went that was you know helping them with the house. And Dad came back after the the first day he was there, and he's like, "You're you're coming with us tomorrow." And so they have all the men were able to you know connect with Grandpa and Dad, um, but Shannon, the mom, and Cadence, the sister, um, didn't really have anyone to connect with. So. Um, a lot of y'all probably don't know us or our family, but um, we lost my sister in, in 92 of a brain tumor. Um, so being able to have dad there the first day to, you know, make, make that connection, like, I, I know what you're going through. Um, it's not exactly the same situation, but hmm. I've, I've lost my child too. So being able to have that connection and with, with dad and grandpa, but me being able to go the next day and talk to Shannon and make that female connection and then Cadence, oh, Cadence, she was, she's like six years old. Um, and it was just after lunch, she was attached at my hip, like didn't want to leave me alone, wanted me to come home with her after that day and, and play with her and, you know, she, she lost her sibling and I've, I've been there. Like, I, n I never got to meet my sister, but um, I know what it's like to, to grow up without an integral part of your family. Um, so being able to, to be with her and be with, with Shannon, the mom, um, it, there are no words. I still talk to them. We actually, <laughs> we sent a video to Shannon this morning um, saying, you know, we love you. We hope you're fine. Can't wait to see the finished pictures of the house. So being able to connect our families like that and know that, that Ashley's up there with Riley, just living each day with God and knowing that our families are forever intertwined, there's, there's literally no feeling that could ever, there are no words that could ever express that. So, Awesome. So, Larry, you uh, had the important job of being uh, Tim Pride's driver and support. Um, and you're like, well, he's, he's, a, he's a little bit of a prima donna, aren't you? Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy, I know. <laughs> Must be nice. Um, no, in fairness, Tim was the, basically the GC of every job, right? And dealing with uh, phone calls and collecting supplies. I think he received like 140 phone calls in the span of a day or just in a few hours. So uh, having... Larry there as his support and being able to drive into jobs and different things was just an amazing act of, 
of service. Um, so Larry got to see every every job and pretty much got a scope of, of the work that was done. Larry's also serves as, as one of our shepherds, one of our elders, and uh, from that perspective, I think, uh, was able to bring some blessing to many. Do you want to just share some of the takeaways from, from your perspective? Sure. Thanks, Dee Dee. I, I was privileged in the opportunity to drive Tim around. Um, I quickly saw the need that, that uh, was placed upon Tim to be able to deal with all the number of sites that we had projects on and, and the, the uh, large circumference that these sites were, were settled in. I mean, there's probably uh, 25 miles apart in, in the widest span. And so just monitoring what's going on at each of those sites, he was getting all these phone calls. And, and uh, we learned real quick that Texas engineers uh, develop their road system a lot different than they do here in Ohio. <laughs> so there was a driving and a safety security aspect of Tim doing what he needed to do. And so I convinced Tim, I guess, that I should be his driver. It was privileged because I got to see all of the projects. And um, in that, I was blessed because I, I got to see individuals from our church and individuals from Parkside come together, didn't know each other, but you know they blessed each other by, by their uh, just good, good attitudes and, and working hard together. Uh, it, was, it was an amazing experience. If you haven't had a chance, I want to point out this is the first trip for Chris, myself, and Caitlin. We haven't done a mission trip like this before. So if you are uh, young, or if you're OLD like me, uh, you, can, you can still have an experience on one of these trips that can be life-changing. Uh, the connections are part of it. Uh, the connections that you make as you're working out on the project, I, I saw this happen in so many different instances where our, our project team working right alongside or working with the person the, the, that survived the the flood that they had, uh, and we're still 11 months out, still suffering. Uh, you know, I asked myself, how could that be? I, you know, how would I let that happen? I wouldn't let that happen to my family with my situation. How could our government fail these folks? Um, and so, you know, it, it was upon my heart that we should do the best job that we could. And everywhere I went, every project team that I saw, I saw people just coming together as the body of Christ, just serving these folks and attending to them, ministering to them on an individual basis as well as a collective basis. Um, I saw so many people blessed. Um, a lady approached me when I was walking through the house, uh, and Tim was dealing with whatever Tim was dealing with, and I was just cursory looking at uh, Maggie Hahn's tile work because she was proud of it, and I was <laughs> proud of the fact she was proud of it. And uh, uh, this lady stopped me and pulled me aside and said that uh, we had been an answer to her prayers, that she knew that God had sent us there in response to her prayers. And uh, she wanted to thank me personally for you know, bringing the team down. I said, it's not me. It's not me. It's, it's the Lord. And she said, yes. In another home, the lady approached me at the end of the, ex the visit that we had. And uh, she said, I need to thank you. I need to thank all of your Mount Carmel people because without you coming to do what you've done, 
uh, I'm afraid my belief in God wouldn't be what it needs to be. And now it's been restored by your, your faith here, what you've done as a, as a group. So those are the kind of things that, that I experienced that you could experience. Uh, if you have any reluctance or reservation about attending one of these or participating in one of these, I just come and talk to anybody that's been on one. It doesn't have to be me. It can be anybody. It can be Tim or Jim or Maggie or whoever. Uh, there's a whole host of us that have experienced what I'm talking about. I want to give a shout out to some people that I didn't talk about in the first service. Uh, the popsicle ladies. <laughs> awesome. I, that's what I want to graduate to. I want to be that on the next mission trip. Everybody loves you. Popsicle uh, lady? The popsicle team comes oh, around team. at the right that's time great. of the day when you really need that cool, refreshing break. Am I right, Noah? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other is the laundry team. You know, as Chris said, we had to wash our shirts last night. We didn't have to do that down there. So they did an awesome job. And then the cooks. Oh, my gosh. Those folks who cooked meals for us, if you think you're going to go down and lose weight, if that's, not, that's not what's going to happen. I mean, excellent meals. And they did it all in the smallest constraints, uh, confined kitchen areas that, that that place offered, and they just pulled it off. And so... I can't say enough about how you all should be proud, Mount Carmel, of the people that were sent down there on this mission trip that attended it because everyone got along. Parkside got along with Mount Carmel folks, vice versa. People that didn't know each other before come away, as Caitlin's told you, friends and, and together. Uh, great connections, but I'd encourage you, think about doing this in the future. Chris, first trip, but uh, you've been part of our church since you were born. Um, like I said earlier, my wife babysat you, changed your diapers. <laughs> That's uh, what we talk around the family table often. Anyway, um, so uh, how was this trip for you? How was this a, a blessing? What was it uh, for you and, and from that perspective? Uh, really for me, I think the neat thing that I get to see is, you know, what everybody's kind of been talking about so far is just the relationship building that goes on on these trips. Um, you know, we, we come into a big church here, and a lot of times we can get lost, and you might walk into the door and walk right back out the back door with maybe not even saying but five words to somebody. And, uh, you know, what happens on some of these trips is you'll build lifetime relationships with people that you'll you'll never have unless you do a trip like this or if you, you help out in certain areas of the church like this. And I think that's really the neat thing that I got to see on this trip and I got to experience myself as somebody that's been here for almost 36 years now. Um, I know a lot of people here and I see a lot of people here. I don't know everybody's name. I'll say hi. I'll be the nice guy. and But I, I really don't stop and talk to some people. And, you know, on this trip, I really got to know some people that I've known really my whole life, but never have talked to them, um, you know, so it really makes a big difference, uh, you know, doing trips like this and, and, and the work for the Lord, you know, you can really see relationships being built. And, uh, you know, I really encourage, you know, each and every one to, you know, do a trip like this or, or do a missions trip or 
help out in the coffee room or the kid city, um, you'll get connected, I promise you. You'll get connected, whether you've been here for a long time or you've been here for a short time. That's the fastest way to get connected. And uh, I experienced it myself. So. That's awesome. We might break your knee, but you know, <laughs> just a joke, it's a joke. So Tim, um, Tim is one of the two leaders for this trip and has worked really hard and tirelessly. Um, when I say for him, this is a journey of faith, not only just uh, logistics and, and all the nuts and bolts literally that go into it, but also um, very much a ministry, where's God leading me process. Um, one of the projects, we, we were involved in a number of projects, but one of the projects particularly uh, captured uh, attention because of the story. Um, Kaylin's really mentioned the Claussens. Uh, did you want to kind of give us an, a rundown of that story, Grandpa, Daryl, and DJ, Shannon, and just the, the story around everything there? Yeah, so we're going down there to do disaster relief. I mean, that's kind of what we do on all these Joplin, New Orleans, Albany. They've all been disaster relief projects. The project that's up there on the screen now, that picture, one of those pictures like that was sent to me Monday night. I was leaving early Wednesday morning to get down ahead of the team. We had about four of us going down early. And picture of this house was sent to me by the minister of the um, church that's affected or connected with the church camp we stayed at. And he said, can I call you about this project? I said, sure. So he called me. We talked Monday night. And Grandpa Daryl, which will be shown here momentarily talking to Larry and I, he, um, he's a contractor. He lives right next door. He talked his son and his wife, their high school-age son, um, Christian, and their daughter into moving back down to Santa Fe, Texas, for, um, to, he'd build them a house there. So this was a family project. The family was building it themselves. Grandpa... Daryl, DJ, his son, and Christian, the high school age son. Well, on May 18th, as many of you are aware, in Santa Fe, Texas, they had the, the school shooting. Christian, unfortunately, was one of the victims. He um, <coughs> barricaded a door when the gunman came in, did not let the um, gunman in, got through finally. He drew down to shoot a girl, and Christian jumped in front of him and, and took the shot for the girl. So they were at a standstill. Um, needless to say, they had more important things they needed to take care of, funerals and just family time. So the minister of the church had connected with this family. He'd got called to the school during the shooting, and he got put in a room with the families for about nine hours connected with this family and knew that they were building this house. So that Monday before we left, he drove out, found this house, talked to them, and Daryl, Grandpa, he was very reluctant, very hesitant, because John, the um, minister down there, said, I want to bring a group from my church out to help you. And he's like, well, what's, what's the catch? What's the red tape? What's, what's it going to cost me? He said, not going to cost you anything. He said, we got a group from Cincinnati coming down. He said, I can't speak for them. He said, but I'll check with them and see if they want to help. So he called me Monday. I talked to Aaron about it Tuesday. We talked about it, and we both agreed that we needed to be on this project. 
So we got down there late Wednesday night, about midnight Wednesday night. Thursday, we went out with John, the minister, and, and talked with Daryl. And he was very, very reluctant. I mean, he was very hesitant, which rightfully so. He doesn't know us from the, the man in the moon. You, uh, you look up a picture, picture of a Texan in the dictionary, I think it's a picture of Daryl. <laughs> it's a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and there, there he is right there. And, uh, but um, I said, can we send a crew out here? You want us to send a crew out here to help you get this thing under roof? He said, well, he said, yeah, you can send a crew out. I said, I'll, I'll send a crew out here Sunday afternoon after we go to church. I said, I'll handpick them. And we didn't let the rest of the team know about this project because we didn't want this to be, we wanted to respect their privacy. We didn't want it to be a celebrity thing where everybody wanted to be there because truthfully, there was only a select few that could be out there that knew what they were doing. So Sunday afternoon, I took them out there, dropped them off. Asked Darrell, I said, you want me to send a crew out here each day? He said, well, let's see what kind of work. I said, I understand. You, you don't know, even know if they know what end of the hammer to hang on to at this point. <laughs> so I checked with him later that evening, went out there about 5.30. They're still out there working. They had probably a third of the house sheeted in, dry, or the plywood on the rafters, and it was a cut-up roof. But um, he had a smile on his face when we get out of the truck. He said, so what do you think, Tim? I said, I think it's looking good. I said, the big question is, what do you think? He said, these guys are good. <laughs> he said, these guys are really good. I said, so you want me to send a crew out here the rest of the week for you? He said, could you? I said, absolutely. So we sent them out there, and actually by Tuesday evening, they got everything plywooded in that they could because he didn't even have all the rafters there yet. So we, the crew was done Tuesday evening. This picture was taken on Wednesday. There was a um, video that will be showing here shortly that they filmed DJ and his wife. But this was Larry and I talking to him. And up until this point here, he thought we were a disaster relief crew, a company, organization. He didn't know we were a church. He, he mentioned something about, well, if you're going to be here for a few more months or if you circle back through this area and... Larry said, well, we just do this one week out of the year. And he kind of looked at him puzzled, and Larry told him, he said, we're a church, actually two churches. He said, people have taken vacation time from their regular jobs. He said, they've spent money to come down here. And Daryl kind of took a step back, and he said, that changes perspective of everything. He said, DJ doesn't know that. He said, I didn't know that. He said, so when did you start planning this thing? He said, like a month ago? I said, <laughs> I said, no, like back in February. He said, so you had jobs already lined up and set outside? I said, he said, so you had jobs lined up. You put them on the back burner. You basically walked away from them to come out here and help us? I said, yeah, pretty much so. So he started to, started to tear up then when he found that out. But he... As the week went on, just the transformation in, in Daryl, we were strangers from the north that he didn't know from the man in the moon, but by midweek, we were family. I mean, when I got out there Wednesday, he came and greeted me with a hug, which I would have never pictured Daryl as a hugger. But <laughs> <laughs> he was that day, but just DJ and his wife were strong Christians. Um, Christian, their son that got... Um, 
got killed. He was a strong Christian. He'd actually wrote scripture on a lot of the two by four studs on his, that was going to be his bedroom wall. Daryl, not so much, but uh, I think thankfully for the crew that we sent out there and that we uh, gave him a new perspective on what Jesus looks like in the flesh. You know, when we're generous, when we recognize that not only we're grace recipients, but all grace givers, no matter who we are, no matter what we, we do, God is calling us to give gifts that he's given us to share with others. It results in thanksgiving, thanksgiving to God, thanksgiving for God, thanksgiving for people who are willing to say, yes, I will be a grace giver. It results in thanksgiving. Just to mention, we have a video here I'm going to show you. Clawson family giving thanks. Enjoy. My name is DJ Clawson. I'm Shannon Clawson. And this is our daughter, Cadence. Um, we've been building this house for a few months now, and our son passed away. But we had news or an offer of y'all's church coming down to help us out in any way possible. And... <clears throat> it's been uh, it's been a blessing for what y'all what y'all have done. Absolutely. Um, in the midst of this tragedy, it's been great to see the good in people, and we just want to thank y'all for all your help and the blessing you've been to our family. The progress that that y'all made was um, it's encouraging. Encouraging. <laughs> uh, it would have taken us months to do it. Y'all basically put us back on the time frame that we originally were, because you know we took a little hiatus from it. We always spent time as a family, and that's what we're going to do. So. Yeah, I think it'll give us all also an opportunity just to completely grieve our son, because right now we're living, you know, with family, and it's kind of hard to just be alone and just grieve him. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. It's been great having y'all. Y'all gave me therapy sessions as we picked up wood. <laughs> I mean, it's been a blessing. Y'all are just as much a part of our family, and part of our church and we love you. Thank we, you. We love y'all and thank y'all so much. Reality when it comes to being a Jesus follower. Because of Christ Jesus my Lord I can be a recipient of God's grace and I can be a giver of God's grace. Because of Christ Jesus my Lord I can be forgiven by God. I can be a forgiver like God. Because of Christ Jesus my Lord I can be one who is loved by God and be one who loves like God. Because of Christ Jesus, my Lord, I can be one who has been given heavenly life and be one who lives like I belong to heaven. As a grace recipient, you're called to be a grace giver. Be a grace giver. God bless. Don't forget, next week, 9, 10.30 and noon. See you then. Thank you for listening. You can interact with us online at our website, www.mtcarmelchurch.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.